welcome to episode 181 of Life Song Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks along with Blake Shankle and Phil Ramsey. Guys, hello. Welcome into another week, another episode. Good to be here. Good to be here. Very excited. Well, good, to see, good to see you guys. Hey, we had a great time last week. It did. Absolutely. I, I really enjoyed uh, the program. And uh, we're going to pick back up with, we're in Hebrews chapter 12. We got through one verse, mm. which was probably a... We normally get at least two or three. We only got yeah. one last week. Well, it's not foreign to the show. We've uh, uh, we've actually gotten through one word before yeah. uh, in the past. So, you know, we're not in any hurry. I mean, just, you know, as the Holy Spirit leads and guides, we're just going to talk and uh, and break this stuff down and work it out. So how's your week going? My week has been good, busy, busy, but uh, it's been good. Yours? I, I've enjoyed uh, watching you on Facebook Live, by well, the way. thank you for, for, for watching. <laughs> Something new we're trying at the station uh, during the, my morning show. But, uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Phil, um, you are moving, right? Your yeah, business. Yeah, my, my business is uh, sold, or I am selling my building. And uh, it was an answered prayer. I've been trying for a little while and just kind of come to the conclusion that uh, I was just going to stay there and ride it out to I retired in about a year. No, I'm just kidding. Well, about, when you make Phil Ramsey type of money, you can retire after about a year. 25 years. <laughs> anyway. Whatever. But I did, uh, I'm going to tell you something that happened interesting to me. It was, uh, this this past week was uh, Mother's Day. <clears throat> so we went to uh, my wife's home church, which is actually just right around the corner. And my girl was going to sing that day, Reagan. She's 20. She was going to sing the special. So I told her to get her phone ready. We'd get there 10 minutes early and do a little sound check before the service started. So we're walking in the front door, and I open the door, and the lady there says, Well, hello. Glad to see you. I don't feel we're excited that you're here today. And, I, and just, I'm like, uh, to myself, I'm like, what does that mean? Here's, here's, let me, let me, for those of you who don't know Phil, <laughs> He's never heard that walking through the doors of a church before. <laughs> but uh, I walk in, and she actually said, we're, we're excited to hear from you, is basically what she said. And, I, and I, as I got halfway down the aisle, I'm like, what What did that mean? <laughs> and then I walk over to the sound uh, the sound booth to kind of get the song ready for Reagan, do a sound check. And then somebody else walked up and said kind of the same thing. And then... And then my little girl came over. I said, I said, Reagan, what's going on? What? She said, oh, they're just pulling your leg. I said, well, I don't know what they're talking about. And then another lady came up and says, Phil, I'll be introducing you today. And I said, time out. What do, <laughs> what? You, yeah, what do you mean introducing me? She said, nobody asked you. Anyway, somebody was supposed to ask me to speak because the pastor was sick. And, uh, and it was kind of. It was he, had, kind of, he had five minutes notice to preach. Yeah, and so I just said, look, give me five minutes. Literally, I took the Bible to the back pew, got a pen. And uh, the the issue is, fellas, it's not what do you say. When you got the Word of God in front of you from Genesis to Revelation, Absolutely. what in the world do you pick out to say? Yeah. So it's yep. not like you, you don't got anything to say. It's like, what do I say? Anyway, God gave me a scripture, and it was just really, really good. And I'm just, I want to thank Garland Methodist for allowing me to speak, even though it was five minutes notice. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed it. I listened to it. Done that. You recorded it and sent it to us. Um, and uh, let me tell you, I was blessed. 
I was blessed to hear it. And some, you know, I think Blake made the comment uh, in our group text that uh, some of the best sermons are preached on five minutes notice, yeah. or some of the best sermons are Saturday night specials from from pastors who are who are just so overwhelmed and they don't know where something happens and the Holy Spirit gets on them. But uh, that's exactly what happened to you. You had five minutes notice. There's no way Phil Ramsey and his own power was going to get and speak intelligibly the word of God to people on five minutes notice. It was the Holy Spirit yeah. speaking through you. Well, so was, you did a magnificent job. I was, uh, I was honored. I was very, uh, I was, I was definitely blessed, excited. Yeah. Anyway, that was pretty, uh, Blew my mind Sunday morning, but what, <laughs> so we good. Blake, you're cool. Everything right? Oh yeah. Oh good. Yeah, I'm ready to get started. Well, let's let's do that. Last week we were we started a new chapter, Hebrews chapter twelve, and we read three verses. We kind of got through uh, one verse, <clears throat> so I'm just going to say I'm going to read one through three, three again. We'll touch base on one, and then we'll break down the next two, and I believe. I believe we can keep going and get into some to some more uh, flow of what's going on with uh, with Hebrews. Let me start with verse one again. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the Author and Perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you may not grow weary and lose heart Blake pray for us for again oh God we just thank you so much just for your glory for your majesty, for just your your awe-inspiring power that you have, Father. You are amazing. And, uh, Lord, we are not worthy to even come into your presence, Father. The, the, the mere sinners that we are, how dirty we are. But, God, we just thank you so much for the covering of blood, for the atonement of our sins, so that we can come boldly to the throne room today, Lord. Uh and just uh, just speak with you, Lord. And we just thank you for that. We also thank you for this this uh, this opportunity, this uh, this anointment, Father, that you've given us to be able to just uh, speak this word, to be able to uh, teach this word, Lord. We just ask that we are able to do it correctly, uh, be able to discern it correctly, be able to digest it, uh, to speak it correctly. Stop our mouths, Father, if it is something that that you have us not to say. That if it's not what the Word is saying, Lord, we want to speak truth. And in your Word is nothing but truth. Lord, there cannot be anything other than that, Father. And we thank you for that. Lord, I just thank you for these men, for just uh, how much they encourage my life. Lord, may we be encouraging to those who are listening today. Father, maybe may we get something out of this today. Father, it's more or less more of how can we serve you and how can we go out and preach this gospel and deliver this message to the world. Father, help us to understand this message today and this just this text. Father, we love you, we thank you, we just we adore you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, fellas. So we talked last week about um you know we talked about running the race of faith did we not i mean that was kind of our that 
That's the gist. One, the, the gist of, of what we were talking about, the race of faith, really mm-hmm. kind of goes flows from chapter 11. It does, and, and he, and he kind of wraps up, uh, uh, puts an exclamation point on chapter 11 when he says we're, we have a cloud of witnesses um, run the race, uh, and, and we have this cloud of witnesses. So he's talking about the the um, the men of faith and the women of faith that that he's t- he took the time to break down and describe in chapter eleven. And basically, the whole gist of the whole thing is: run your life, run this race uh, with faith, and imitate those who imitate Christ. That's the basic gist of it. Absolutely. And when you run the race, run it, run it effectively. Mm-hmm. Lay aside every encumbrance. And the sin we talked about last week, the encumbrance uh, we've come to a conclusion was basically, wouldn't you say, Judaism and the things yeah. from the brought trying to pull in some of the old covenant into the new, right? And Circumcision you, probably and, and those types of things, and uh, the sin which so easily entangles us. So <clears throat> these these guys they they had some great examples in chapter eleven of faith of people who ran the race. They didn't run it perfectly, but they ran. They started and they finished, which was a great encouragement to all of us. And uh, if we're going to run, we don't want to run wearing a three piece, three piece suit. We want to wear uh, what do we want to wear, Jimmy? As least as possible. <laughs> Man. It really depends who's running that race, actually. But uh, no, uh, that's it. You yeah. don't want to weigh yourself down no. if you're running. That's true. Run effectively. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and he says that. And he also talks about that sin. And that sin, we talked about a little bit last week, and, and that's how we ended it was, was that, that sin is singular. You know, we don't see sins, but that sin, you know, and I think what we've read and what we can kind of get out of that is, is that doubt. You know, that unbelief. Mm-hmm. That that doubt and that which which Satan really loves to to use, especially upon the Christian, um, and then you know he's also talking to those who are on that fence as well. Hey, what's what and what kind of doubt could that be to these guys? You know, well if I if I get over this fence and I do go head on in, you know, there's persecution. You know, mm-hmm. there's going to be persecution not only from the those the, the the Pharisees, those who are in control of of the the religious system at the time, but 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 also even above that. You know, we could we could talk about the the Roman uh, the Roman Empire and and just the people. So um, there's doubt, and and Satan he he really plays uh, within our lives that doubt. That's a, that's a big thing he does, and and he plants that doubt. But then mm-hmm. and and with and it's hard to have faith with doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, so so lay. lay Lay aside that sin. Lay aside that doubt. Trust, right. trust, uh, trust Christ. Well, and, yeah, and, and, and here God's calling us to all believers to to make whatever sacrifice necessary and do whatever it takes, no matter what the cost is, to follow Christ. So, so God has has with especially with with this new grace covenant. That, that, that the writer here is trying to explain to them, God claims dominion over our entire life. So if you're going to follow Christ, nothing can be held back. You can't keep anything in reserve. Either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. And Phil, yeah. And Phil, you said something last week, I think in a text, or <clears throat> you said uh, it was something like this, and I'll let you expound upon it, but... Uh, You'll never sin if you believe in God, and and I think you said if you if you're sinning, you're not believing in God. And if mm. you just really think about that, it's actually true. You just stop and think about it. if you if you are believing God, 
which means you are agreeing with him. And when you agree with him, you walk with him. If you're walking with him, you're not sinning. So as long as long as you agree with God in faith, uh, you will not be sinning. When you disagree and go your way instead of his way, that's called sin. Mm. So simple statement and kind of mind-blowing at the same it, time. It is. That's right. One other thing as opposed, you know, is, is coming into this race, right? We, we, he uses this race a lot. I mean, Paul just constantly uses race as an um, uh, example of Christian faith. There's got to be a set of rules for the faith, right? Or a set of rules for the race. You know, there's, a set of, there's always a set of rules. There's a boundaries. Uh, what would that rules be, right? You, you, I was sitting there thinking the other day, well, okay, we've got to have a set of rules. And, and that rules really is the Word of God. You know, and so, you know, hey, he says, effectively run this race. Lay the encumbrances down. Lay the sin down, right? Okay, that's fine. Well, so how do I... How do I how do I run this race effectively? How do I know if I'm staying in bounds? How do I know what I, what I'm to run to, right? Or or what are these what are these rules set? It's the word of God. Mm-hmm. So the rule book. The rule book. Mm. And, and I just wanted to make that this little statement there is that I, the rule book. If you want to if you want to get in this race and you want to run, you want to know the rules going prior to to a race. We need to know how far we're running, what we're running to, what are the boundaries, the word of God. Mm-hmm. So that that's. Well, I would agree with that, and I would also say that uh, what, what do you find in the Word of God? What are you going to find in there? God himself. Jesus, right? Yes. That's who you're going to find in his Word. And as we get into our text today, that's really what the focus is. I know you said we're going to go through uh, these next two verses pretty quick, and we'll get into some more. But I, I really think if we do it justice, we'll we'll sit in this verse 2 uh, for, for the for, for the duration of this show because here's what it says fixing our eyes on jesus we could stop right there and talk two hours uh he's the author and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of god so start there fixing our eyes on jesus fixing our eyes on jesus what i mean look Looking unto Jesus is what the King James says. So this race that we're talking about, the only way we're going to run this race, the only way we can live in this world that we're in right now by faith is if is if we look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. Right. So so we would have to. So this is, and, and we can have a discussion about this. Does this mean salvation? Is it? Does it not mean salvation, or not? But uh, looking unto Jesus is there's uh, when you when you look at the different translations of how this uh, how this is um, described. Uh, looking unto Jesus would would be basically if you go back to the original language, it means looking away from all that would distract. Distract us to Jesus, uh, or looking with undivided attention to Jesus, and uh, and fixing our gaze on Him, looking away from everything else in order to look at Him. And who is Him? He's the Author and the Finisher of our faith. And there's so much meaning here. Yeah, and you said something earlier, and I'm gonna totally agree with you, but I'm gonna deviate a little bit. Or if you study Paul, <clears throat> we know that Timothy followed Paul. And the reason he followed Paul is because Paul was following Christ. Hmm. And and who followed Timothy? You know? 
faithful men. Right. And then who followed faithful men? Others. Others. Yeah. So we and others and others and others. Yeah. So we should be able to look at each other and I should be able to follow Jimmy. And if I follow Jimmy, I'm following Christ. Or Blake, I'm following Christ. But here's the deal. That that's true and that's right. But does Jimmy ever fall? Yeah. Does your faith ever detour? Do you ever do anything contrary to what God says? Absolutely. Do I need to follow you when you do that? No. All right. So when you run this race, be encouraged by Abraham, Enoch, Sarah, Moses. Let them be encouraging as a model of people with faith. But follow Christ. That's right. Fix your eyes on Jesus because we all fall and stumble. But how many times has you been well, following Jesus him trip up on the race? He's never tripped. Hey, show and, and you go back to your point, to your point. That's exactly right. Not only people in your life today that would be discipling you and pouring into your life and those that you would be following, you, you, you follow them the same way that Phil's talking about. If they fall, you don't follow them. You're following Christ, but you're following them as they follow Christ. They're an example. They, that's right. That's right. You go back to David. <clears throat> David was in this text in, in chapter eleven. Uh, what, what, what did uh, what was who was David to God? A man after his own heart. That's exactly right. That's exactly that's what God said. But do we? And David would be a, a great guide to follow. He was a very faithful leader. But do we follow him when he fell with Bathsheba? No. No. That's exactly right. So there's not every aspect of David's life that we want to follow. Yeah. But ultimately, David is a great example. Yeah, and, and we need examples. And I'll, if I, and I say this a lot, but we're in a, at Blake's house. His, what do you call this place, Blake? It's this my man cave. Man cave. Uh, He's got a sign on the outside. Do you have a, shed. By the way, do you have an air conditioner in <laughs> If you hear a noise, it's sweat dripping from my forehead. Well, wait a second. No, no. no. Wait a second. You don't get to say this. <laughs> That's right. No, 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 no. We're not going to talk about this. Nope. Because the air was on. The ceiling fan was on. felt nice when we got in here. Had a nice candle lit. That's right. Phil said, I can hear all this through the microphone. Turn it off. Well, Turn it off. His head spun, spun around. <laughs> so it's his own fault. That's okay, right. so don't say nothing. Well, I'm I'm mixing the show here, and I can hear every little uh, every little <laughs> creak and noise in the man cave, and every dri- bead of sweat that drips on your microphone. <laughs> I hope you have fun editing this. <laughs> but anyway, if if Jimmy, if I told you to uh, get that pencil there and, and draw a uh, a picture on the wall of a, a red house out in the woods with four or five trees and, and a pond with three birds and you would say well I, I can do that but I don't really know where to start but if I took that pencil says here's what I want you to do and I drew exactly what I wanted you to draw now you could trace what I draw see I would right. be a good example that you could you could model and follow the instructions mm-hmm. again uh, that's what Paul did to Timothy, and we should learn from the faith of Moses and Abraham, but ultimately realize, ultimately, we have to fix our eyes on Christ Absolutely. in this race. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, go ahead. No, you got it. What I was just going to say is we, as we look further in the text, he is the author and finisher of our faith. So he's the object of our faith. He's the author, the pioneer, the finisher, the goal of our faith. That's who Jesus is. So that's where we need to be looking. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's not, listen, he, he, he's, he is, he is our faith, right? We, without him, we have no faith, right? There's no, I mean, what are we going to put our faith in? Right? So he, we, we got to look to something and it's, 
it's and it's Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And and look, he's not one who just sits up in the heavens and you know is just has, has never gone through this. He was the ultimate model of faith. Right, so we we've gone through all these other people of faith, right, who who have who have shown it, but God, but Christ, in human, he was the ultimate. I mean, he he had so much faith, right? I mean, it, it he was the greatest example. There cannot be any more example of faith than what he did. Look what he did upon this earth. Look what he did. He completely obeyed his father, mm. right? I mean, every time he would, you know, he he would he would always uh, when when he asked a question, he would always say. I, it's my father's will, you know, and he would do his father's will. And so, you know, even him boring, bearing our sins upon the cross, him going through, listen, nobody go went through the persecution as much as he did because we've, we've gone through all these people who've gone through persecution and, 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 and have been sawn in half, have been done in all this, but none of them have done it the way Jesus has done it perfectly, innocently, right. went to the cross, and he is the model. He's the perfect model of faith. When you think about it, when we were back in Hebrews 4.15, he was tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. That's big. That's big, Phil. You're exactly right. It, it, he's not just some... It wasn't It wasn't that he was just... Because he was God, right? It, it, it was specific that he was known as the Son of Man, right? He was fully God, full of man. Get Could that. You explain that to yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Boy. That's what I was about to say. Get that. And and and. But that's that's what we know. Yeah. He was fully God, fully man. So the temptations come upon him. He had the exact same temptations that we had, which is so key for righteousness, hmm. right? It, he, right. He... he died a perfect man and it had to be so that he was our substitute Mm -hmm. god was not going to accept anything else that's right that's right so for us to to look unto him uh we're, we're looking away from and we talked about it but we're looking away from anything and everything that could be a hindrance mm-hmm. in our life and so so even even as we mentioned following those who follow christ even that cloud of witnesses in verse one, if they are a hindrance to our faith, guess what? Look away from them. Look unto Jesus. Yeah. Even if they become a hindrance to your faith, look away from them. Look away from yourself because yourself's going to keep you, your flesh, yourself, you, that'll keep you from looking to Christ. So look away to Christ. Look away from yourself. Look away from, from this world. Look away from, from the other runners in the race. Look away from everything that would make you stumble, that would make you fall, and look unto Christ. So I had a, uh, was going through my Bible study today, and I was in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21, and <clears throat> Paul's writing to Timothy, obviously, and he says here, he says here, Timothy, he, Timothy and all believers are likened to those honorable vessels that must be holy in order to be used for honorable purposes. So so simply put, right? God will not use dirty vessels in his house, but those who are pure. So what God does is all he he calls all believers to strive for godliness, the utmost godliness in order to glorify God and to be of the utmost use in our ministry. So you're talking about, Jimmy, you're saying lay aside these encumbrances. Well, you're not saying it, but the, the scripture is, right? And you're saying, hey, whatever is encumbrance in you, right? And, and, and Paul, or Paul, 
God, through Paul, has said, lay aside these things, right? You need to be honorable vessels. Listen, a surgeon doesn't use, doesn't drop a scalpel on the ground and use a dirty scalpel when he starts doing surgery, right? He doesn't use that. And the greatest physician is not going to use a dirty vessel when he's when he's preaching the word of God, right? We're to be clean vessels, and 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 uh, and so there's a there's a, there's a there's a sin. At times that creep in our, into our lives, this is a, there's there's several sins that we don't know you know that we may not even realize right. We're not talking about adultery. We're not talking about these other these big sins that that we want to label. We're talking about there's a sin of discontentment as well. And I think this leads right into this right here. There's a, there's a discontentment at times in our faith right. There can be a discontentment to these Jews who are Christians who are being persecuted right. We can be discontent with where we're at in our life right. But yet. Paul says, run the race, right? And and so um, learning to be content in, a, in, a, in these adverse circumstances is instead, really, it's a supernatural response. And so... Um, we we see this this discontentment come in, and, and Paul says, "Shed it, shed the discontentment, shed the sin of discontentment." Why? Because Christ has already done this, right? You have no reason to be discontent. Trust in God. Trust in what He has done, right? Use allow the Holy Spirit to 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 work in your life. You've got no reason to be discontent. That's good. <clears throat> The two words, Jimmy, author and perfecter. Man, that's big. Well, it, it's really big. And if if you give me a minute, I can I can kind of expound on that. Go on, let me go on do it. Well, author, man, this this is so big. Um, author of what? Of our faith. Okay, of faith. Well, and, and let me get to that. Let me get to that. Okay. This word is so full of meaning. It's it's one of those words in the Greek that has no equivalent in the English. The word author. It's used in Hebrews uh, when uh, when the author says that uh, the ca- he, Jesus is the captain of our salvation, and it comes from a root word that that means commence. So the author is saying Jesus before us. He's the one who is the author of faith. He is the one who commences faith. We wouldn't have faith if he didn't give it to us, right? And all men, every man with, uh, by nature is without faith. Right. All men are without faith by nature. Man doesn't possess the power to give himself faith. We believe that that it's God's working through the Holy Spirit that gives us faith. And that's the gift and the operation of God. Right. That's what the Bible teaches us. But there's another thing about this. And I feel kind of touched on it a second ago. If you look in your Bible, it says the author of our faith. But the word our is in italics, Mm -hmm. which means it was added by the translators. So a more reliable Translation is that he is the author of faith, not just our faith, but faith in general. So without question, the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is the one who gives faith. And so we should look unto him as its object. Amen. 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 Now, perfecter. He's the author and he's the perfecter. What does that mean? Well, you remember in John 1930, Jesus said, it is finished. Along with words, he also said in Luke twenty three forty six, "Into thy hands I commit my spirit." That was the last words before he died. So his work was finished, not only in that it was completed, but it was perfected. 
you think about a composer. You take a composer who writes music, and if this composer dies while working on a, on a piece of music, his work on that piece is over, and it's not finished. But on the cross, his work was both finished and perfected. Mm-hmm. This is why we need to look to Jesus. That's right. The author and perfecter of faith. Yeah. And, and and I would put it this way, author and perfecter, but I would also say pioneer. You follow me? He is the, the pioneer. So we're to live in this world. We're to walk in this world by faith, but we must look to Christ as the pioneer. He's the one that struck out on the path. He's the one that, that blazed the trail before us. He's the pioneer. He's the one that cut the path for us. Now we should look unto him as we walk that path. Yeah. Well, and, and so so to, to sum that up, the the more that we focus upon Christ, the stronger our faith becomes. Correct. I mean, the more no, our focus so. is is the stronger our faith becomes. And I, I like that word perfecter because sometimes I feel like in our Christian lives, at times we 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 kind of go through this ebb and flow, and I, sometimes we do, right? And and so, um, and I'm just spitballing here, just just thinking about perfecter, this word perfecter. You know what? Everything that Christ does, or everything that God does, is perfect. Mm. Everything that He does is perfect. There is no mistake. There can't be a mistake with Him. It's not like He says, "Oh, dead gum, I shouldn't have done that." Mm. No, it's it's all perfect, and and our faith is perfect, or through Him, it's through perfect. Him. Um, and so, uh, what better what better person to to look upon hmm. than that person that makes you perfect? And I like the, the, this word perfect. And I know I said pioneer a minute ago, but I wasn't using that as a as a as a replacement for this word perfect. No, I understand. Uh, the, the word perfect, uh, in some translations, it says the author and finisher of our faith. And that's 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 really in the gist of it. This word finisher, um, you don't find it anywhere else in Scripture. You don't find it anywhere else. Mm. Christ is the object of faith. He gives the faith. He sustains the faith. He consummates, completes, and finishes the faith. So, so the, the consummator can't be fully understood until we till we understand the context of this whole sentence looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God so so Jesus has finished faith he's finished the whole work that makes him the object of faith and now what do you do when you're finished you sit down. He's at the right hand of the Father because he has finished faith, his own life, his his own example of faith because he's the one. He's the one that endured the cross. He despised the shame, and now he sat down because he's finished. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. God, that's Man, good. It's good. You know, was and another thing as I as I'm looking at this, there's so much we can exposit out of just this one oh, verse. Yeah, You're exactly I'm right. starting to believe what you said earlier know, about right. standing verse two. It's too big, man. Okay. So think about this. We're running the race, right? We're we're running the race. We've got our eye upon Jesus. What happens when we have our eye upon Jesus? What does our eye what's the antithesis of us not having our eye upon Jesus? What do we not have? Our eye upon what? Say the world. Ourself. You know, I, I like how Spurgeon said this. Um 
it's a similar thought as to what I just had as far as what we're looking at. Uh, he says this, How frequently you are, you who are coming to Christ, look to yourselves. Oh, you say, I do not repent enough. That is looking to yourself. I do not believe enough. That is looking to yourself. I am too unworthy. That is looking to yourself. I cannot discover, says another, that I have any righteousness. It is quite right to say that you not you have not any righteousness, but it is quite wrong to look for any. Look to him, look at him, study him, know all you can about him, meditate upon him. Phil, you talked about last week uh, about you running the race, and, and, and you know, we, we look at, we think about how can we run the race looking down at ourselves? How can we run the race looking at ourselves in a mirror all the time, you know, saying, how good do I look running this race? Because it's not about us. You know, it's not even our race to be run. But look at the, the like, like we've been talking about, the founder, the author, the perfecter. Look at Jesus. Look at that finish line. Look at what, and that's, listen, that's all we went through in chapter 11. What Abraham always had his focus upon. He went through all these persecutions. He could have easily been discontent. He could have been easily discontent with the situation he would have. He could have went easily back to the Ur Chaldeans and said, I'm done with this. There is no promise. Right? But he didn't. He looked to Jesus. And that's what we are to do today. That's what we are to do is, is, is keep it upon him, not upon ourselves, not upon anything, not upon the world, but to, to allow our bodies to be honorable vessels, clean vessels, a living sacrifice. That's a good word. Thank you, Mr. Spurgeon. And Blake Shanko, his protege. I was about to say, he didn't say all that. He was a lot better than I would have. But here's the deal. You know, let's keep moving. Yeah. All right. Now we're getting to a prize. We're getting. Last week we were talking about we're running. We're running to win. There's a prize. And the prize is not heaven. Once you've been born again, guess what? Where are you sitting? In heavenly places. Mm. What is your position? You're in Christ. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're saved, sealed. Nobody can snatch you out of out of God's hands. So the prize isn't heaven. So as we're looking at Jesus is the one we're looking at. He's the author of faith. He is the one is the perfecter, the one who completes it. What what was his run like? What was he running to? The joy yeah. set before him. But and, and that is that is and because of the joy, what did he endure? Shame. Death. But, the cross. But but what, when you look at the cross, where is joy in the cross? I mean, that's an honest question. Well, there, there is no joy in the cross itself. In a cross, there's no joy. So, so the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Yeah. When, 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 when I read that, I'm, what in the world? Yeah. Are you saying what is it? That's why he came. You think about that, you know, as he's dealing with Peter and Peter's like, look, they ain't going to get you. I'm not going to let them take you. What did Jesus tell him? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. This is why I came. He came. He did the job. He ran the race. He finished. It was completed. This is why I came. Second Corinthians eight, verse nine. Paul says, for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. So the joy set before him, the joy that sustained him 
and all the trouble that was associated with the cross, the death, the, the shame, everything that he took on, what was the joy there? Well, let me tell you what the joy was. The joy for Jesus was saving his people. That's that's the joy. Magnifying God's law, making it honorable, glorifying his father, and then his own glory as our mediator. The glory he had with the father uh, before the world before the world was even made. The glory promised to him as his reward for obedience, the glory that he enjoys now at the right hand yeah. of the father. That was the joy before him. And because of that joy that he knew was coming, he endured the cross. Well, you remember in his high priestly prayer, he said, I glorify thee on the earth, having accomplished the work. Y'all hear what I said? Having accomplished the work which thou hast given me to do. And now glorify thou me together with thyself, Father, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was begun. So Jesus gained his reward by glorifying the Father while he was on earth. And he glorified Mm -hmm. God by totally exhibiting the Father's attributes. That's what we need to do. Yeah. How do we? That's exactly. We need to look to Christ. We need to let. God, we got to be like Paul. Paul was crucified with Christ. He don't have a say so. He just let God live through him. Yes. And and that's for me. That's what he says. Joy. He that's exactly right. And you know, you were talking about that. Let's compare compare the two the two the two days here. The Jew way, what did, what the old Jewish way, what did they do? What did they sacrifice? They sacrificed dead offerings, right? They're mm-hmm. dead. They're, they they had to be dead. Now, what are we? What are we talking about? New in the new age? We're talking about living sacrifices, and it goes into our bodies are to be presented as living sacrifices. The sacrifices. They don't really, you know, there's always a sacrifice, right? But back in the old days, it was dead sacrifice. This is a living sacrifice. Hey, we're we're living, guys. We don't have to die no more, right? Yeah. It's living. We don't have to suffer no more, as far as, excuse me, we don't have to kill no more. The, kill, right. the one has been killed for us. That's a terrible word, but he has been he has been slain for us. Live your life as a living sacrifice. And you were talking about, Phil, you were talking about there's joy. Jimmy, there's joy. There's also triumph. I look at the end of that verse as well. He sits at the right hand of God, the throne of God. Do you know there is triumph in the throne of God? Look, there is no other throne that matters. Mm, There is the throne of God. We go to Revelations when John comes in, and this is a worship service, right? John comes into the worship service that is going on. He is in the middle of it. What does he see? It's all, if you read the Revelation verse, it's all about the throne. Everything comes to, from, through, at the throne. It's the throne of God. It is the the complete uh, picture of triumph. And he has triumphed over everything. He's going to triumph over everything. He's going to triumph over the smallest thrones on the, on the, the, excuse me, the biggest thrones on the world. He's going to triumph over the biggest presidents, the biggest kings. He, he, he ain't going to. He has. He has triumphed over. So there is triumph in this, right? We, we talk about enduring the cross, despising the shame. Think about this. How much does Jesus love you? Uh, Now, Blake just said it just a second ago. You said, 
I think you said it, but you said that uh, maybe you said it, Phil, but Jesus did nothing. And a lot of times he says in scripture, because, you know, he said, because the father, my father did it. I do nothing without my father, seeing my father do it. I do it because it was the will of my father. Yeah. Right. So Jesus had a immeasurable love for his father. He obeyed his father perfectly. Jesus and the father are one. Jesus would not disobey the father. Right. How much does he love Phil? How much does he love Blake? How much did he love Jimmy? He sacrificed his father turning his back on him when he became sin. And he did it for us. He did it for all those that would believe. That's love, fellas. Yep. yep. That's yep. enduring the shame. That's enduring the cross. If there's any other way, Father, but not my will, but yours. That's right. Even even in that, he submitted to the Father's will. The complete obedience. And he, he endured the faith. cross, despising the shame. Let me tell you something. The cross. I mean, you've seen the most graphic cross scene I probably have ever witnessed was probably Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It was worse than that. Yeah. They didn't even... And you think about this. I mean, let's just get real. Jesus hung on a cross naked. Yeah. 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 Naked. You, you know, the cross wasn't even for it was so cruel. It wasn't even for the Romans. They didn't even they didn't even have it wasn't for them. It was for set aside mm-hmm. for, for that was outside. It was so cruel. That's how that, it was. That's how cruel it was. They, they couldn't even they, they invented it. They couldn't even use it for themselves. So he hung on a cross. He endured the shame. He's laying. He's on the cross. He's he's laying there without a, a piece of clothing on beaten, unrecognizable. And, Jim, I like what you said. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The work is finished. It's done. He is now. What, he is God. But now, what we, and early on in Hebrews, what do we talk to? He passed through the heavens. Yeah. And he now is our, our great high priest. He now intercedes on our behalf. He sits. At the right hand of the Father. Salvation is through. Guess what? I'm going to tell you. Faith is through. What happens when uh, I was watching the guy the other day? He was, uh, if I was in heaven and Satan came up there, he said, uh, hey, God, look at Ophiel right there. He's a piece of, pardon my French, he's a piece of crap. Did you see what Phil did? Did you see what he did? And the thing about Satan's comment, he's probably right. Because I am pretty brutal at times. Don't want to be, but I'm a sinner. And uh, and he accuses me in front of the God the Father. And then he looks over to Jesus, who sits at the right side, who is my advocate. He's my lawyer. And then my lawyer looks at him. He says, did you see what I did? He's do, mine. Do you see yeah. the nail scars in my yeah. hand? Do you see where they they plucked my beard? Do you see the stripes? Do you see what I did? And then God looks at Satan and says, get out of the courtroom. Yeah. It's finished. Done. That's right. It is finished. His work is finished. It's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Love that. Mercy. That's, why, look, that's why you can relax. Not look. relax, but that's why you can have confidence. What happens when we fall in our faith? What if we're running and we trip? Guess what? We got an advocate yeah. who intercedes on our behalf. Yeah. We don't, in God's eyes, 
we don't miss a beat. Why? Because he's the author and finisher of our faith. That's right. He's there to catch us. Yeah. We ain't going nowhere. That's right. And so, so look, he's even. It says even into the end. He's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So his work is finished. He's entered into his rest. We talked about that earlier in Hebrews. He's entered into his rest. His glory is full. His soul satisfied. It's finished, fellas. He sits down at the right hand of the throne of God. So that should encourage us. Yeah. That should encourage us to look away from everything else and look unto Christ as the goal of our faith. You know, you know what else encouraging as well here, Jimmy, when we're talking about race and at the end of the race, there is a reward. And we can look at this reward and we can see several things I think from this is, is there's a, there is a, you know, and we're not, it's, I think it goes beyond heaven as this reward, like you talked about, Phil, um, the reward was for Jesus that he was seated right at the hand, at the right hand of, of his father. There's also rewards for us as, as Christians, right? There, there's, there's a, uh, uh, there's five crowns again that the Lord has promised us. And, and we will toss those crowns at the feet because we, we, we're not even the author of those, but they're crowns. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm all in for trying to get a crown. You know, I'm all in for for doing things, right? I mean, I, it, not, we're not we're called to do good works here. We're as Christians, we're called. That's the only way we can do good works is if we're Christian, right? And that goes into a whole different study in Romans. But there's you know that's the it. But we're called to do these things, and you know, and that's 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 futuristic. That's in the future. That's when we pass away. That's when we go up there. But there's also rewards today. That we can, that we're running this race of the Christian faith, right? There's rewards here. You know what a reward is? Is Jimmy, you let's just say we defeated that that temptation that come over you that day. What happens when that temptation comes over and you defeat it? Isn't that a reward? Isn't that great mm-hmm. to win over that temptation that day? That's a reward, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's something to be joyful about, to triumph about, right? We you defeated the devil in that moment. We have these things. We have these these constant battles, these constant battles of doubt in our lives, right? As we're running these races, we have these hurdles that we may have to jump over. And so, uh, so there's rewards at the end of this race as well. But we see the two sides. We see that there's joy. We also see that there's triumph at the end of the race. In uh, 2 Timothy 4, 8, it says... There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Hmm. There is a reward. Let's, uh, we got a couple minutes left. Let's go ahead and read three. Four, four, consider him. Who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart? We need to consider him. We've been through a lot. We ain't been through what Jesus has been through. Have any of y'all shed blood like Christ? Hmm. Has any of y'all been through what he's been through at all? No, sir. To the extent that he has? We don't need to grow weary. We don't need to to lose heart. We need to stay focused on Christ. That's right. That's right. And and and, and next week we'll give a bigger um, picture of of consider him because that's huge. 
That's huge. Is that another show, Jimmy? I think it so. It is another yeah, show. Was, really? Yeah. Verse 3 is a show about I yeah. thought I just summed it up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let, 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 well, let's, let's summarize. But there's some done. Greek in there too that, that you consider might, is even consider needs to be considered. We got right. three minutes. Well, let me summarize today in the last couple of weeks. Good. Really, uh, the, the Holy Spirit says that, that, that we have to lay down every uh, lay aside every weight, every encumbrance, uh, and, and so we got to lay it aside. Um, the, the the sin of unbelief and every encumbrance and, and run the race and run it with patience. Uh, this race that's set before us, right? And he tells us how to run the race with patience and how to run it to the end. Look unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despised the shame. And now he's set down. It's finished at the right hand of the throne of God. So looking unto Jesus, folks, is not just a occasional glance, in his direction. It's not an occasional thought about spiritual things. What he's telling us to do is fix your eyes on Christ and look away from everything else that's not Christ and fix your eyes and your heart and your mind upon him. And look, I know it's not easy. It's not, it's not easy to live in this world like that, but um, we tend to get distracted. We do. That's those encumbrances. Obstacles come up. Uh, things happen. And, and we get weary in this race. And so this race we're running is not really a... a, a, a it's not really a, a, a real sporting event. It's, it's, it's not a race for a crown, but it's for life, right? It is the race that carries us through this enemy territory and into, and into eternity. So, Blake... You got 60 seconds. What about those who aren't running the race and the race of faith? How can they get into the race? Well, we need to understand that getting into the race, it's not a bed of roses. And, and, And for you to get into the race today, you need to understand that you're a sinner before a holy God. That... Being born, you're destined for hell. You know, any sin, when we when we put ourselves up and we hold ourselves up against the holy God, we fall short. And so today, if you want to get in that race, understand that you're a sinner. Understand that you cannot be good enough to go to heaven. Understand that this race is authored and perfected by one and only in Jesus Christ. So today, if you understand that and you, you know that, cry out to God. Cry out to him and say, God, I, I, I trust upon Jesus. Jesus died upon the cross for you. Or he died upon the cross in order that you may have everlasting life. So that God doesn't look at you anymore. He looks at Jesus. He looks at his son, the one that was perfect. And so trust in him today. Understand that you're a sinner. Know that you've sinned against God. Understand Him. Trust Him, and run the race of faith. Amen. Let me let me let me let me give you this scripture as as we wrap this up to 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 piggyback off what Blake said. Isaiah forty five twenty two. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. That's it. Look unto Jesus. Mm. There's no other name. By, by no other name under heaven by which man must be saved. That's it. Bow now or bow later, you will bow. 
Look, uh, we are so, so blessed that you tuned in. We know there's a lot of things you could be doing. And uh, for you to take out time during your busy schedule and listen to the broadcast and sit in with us as we study God's Word, we're just, we don't take it for granted. We just thank you guys. And uh, a lot of times we see you out in our local area where we live. We see you out on the street, and we know that some of you are listening, and we're very encouraged by that. And uh, we're just grateful for the ministry that we have. And uh, so we have a a website, lifesongradio.com, Make sure you go visit that, and you can download the mobile apps there and and take us on the street with you wherever you go. And uh, but anyway, fellas, next week we'll uh, we'll consider Jesus. We'll consider Jesus. We'll spend another hour on one verse. Thank you, Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> I I sure thought we were going to get to about fourteen today. Listen, don't rush the Word of God. Okay, Master. I mean, not Master. Let's, <laughs> let's marinate in this Word because it is so good. All right, teaser. Discipline. Hmm. Oh, good. Oh, let me tell you something. Yeah. It's who wants to who wants discipline? Well, most people don't. It's a good thing. Yeah, praise right. God for discipline. Yeah. Amen. You gonna let us get into that next week, Jimmy? <laughs> I might. <laughs> I might. Okay. Look, uh, let's pray and uh, we'll, we'll wind it up. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that man, you're the the author, the beginner, and the finisher and perfecter hmm. of faith. Yeah. And we are to keep our eyes on you as we run in this world, who, as of right now, is very, very dark. It's a dark world, but but we have hope in you. We see that other people have ran, and we see that other people have finished. And I'm encouraged that we can do that, but we put our trust in in you, the, the object, the substance of our faith. Lord, we just thank you that, that when we are in Christ, that uh, if it was up to me, to, to keep and perfect that faith. If it was up to me, I would lose it in five seconds. But praise God, you the author and the finisher of that faith. And I'm just so, I'm just so thankful that, uh, you're all powerful. And I know that, I know that this is, uh, this earth that we're on, that this is, uh, Satan's got the title right now. But we know one day you coming back, you're going to snatch that title, uh, out of his hands and everything's going to be back restored the way it was in the beginning. And, uh, we, your children, those who, who believe you by faith and run the race of faith, we get to spend eternity with the author and perfecter of it. Again, we thank you. For the opportunity, we pray that you bless the program, you bless the word, may it penetrate the hearts of non-believers, may it grow the faith of those who have been born again and running this race. Again, we thank you and we give you every bit of the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you next week for another edition of Life's Own Radio.